You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everybody, welcome to Nerd Overload, the pop and geek culture show that can't think of an intro, so I'm just going to say a geek word, Batman. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. I'm Samantha. And I'm Cody. We have a great show for you this week. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, before we get into the news, we're going to do some things we've been uh, checking out. I've actually been kind of checking out a few things. Let's Good. See. Let's see here. In my video game news, I've been playing We Happy Few. Okay, cool. Is it good? I mean, we talked about it a little bit yeah, the last time I mean, we were on. I like it. There's a lot more survival elements to it than I actually uh, expected. Oh, yeah. Like their whole starvation thing and sleeping and all kinds of stuff. It's weird. It's a weird game. It is weird. Like, I'm still not quite out of the garden district yet, so I'm still talking to all the downers, and you say weird things to them, like you're a crazy person. Yeah. It's, when you greet them, it's just, it's awkward. <laughs> hey, hey, that lady's cat has a weird face, and it talks to me in my dreams. <laughs> it's, it's seriously stuff like that. Like, seriously, like some son of Sam, you know, the dog talks to me things. So it makes me wonder if the drugged up murder people are actually the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is this still in uh, beta, or is it? It's the full still game early out? access. Early yeah. access. That's what I yeah, meant. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, they. I think they said right now they have about maybe fifty percent of what they actually want to do. Okay. In the game, and there's not a lot of story stuff where it is. Well, right there now. kind of is actually, if you if you know where to look. Like the opening is all done. No, you find really? like letters and stuff. Oh. Around, I've been kind of reading all the little bits of paper I find. And you find find out things about like how like the government was like testing drugs on people after a war and you know stuff like that. It's an interesting game. I need to put more time into it. Yeah, I I really do too. I kind of took a break because I bounced between it and playing a lot of Town of Salem because I'm a glutton for punishment. You talked about that on here before, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Kind of like kind of like Werewolf. Yeah. With more roles. Mm. Yeah, it's a good game. I definitely need to get more into it to get a fuller grasp of all the mechanics. Fighting is clunky. Yeah. Oh, it's so clunky. I, I, I really hope they polish that one up. Anytime I get into a fight, it's like, whoops, I made a mistake. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. It's like, I have a rock. They have baseball bats. <laughs> uh, no good. No good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been reading a lot of comic books. Okay, good. I've been catching up on the Rebirth stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. I've, because, I've been picking up a few of those as well. Yeah, they've been piling up, and I, just, I finally sat down. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to read them, darn it. Okay, cool. Which ones have you read? I've read the first one, like the kind of encompassing. Oh yeah, where where they added uh, Doctor Manhattan, sort of. In, but yeah, yeah. You haven't directly seen him yet. No, but, but there are plenty of references. Mm-hmm. Though the cover of the book is very like new religious, you know, kind of Renaissance painting where all the characters are stretching out, and you see one blue arm coming out and touching Superman's yep, finger. Yep. And then there's the fact that you know Batman finds the comedian's pin embedded in the bat in the Batcave wall, mm-hmm. and that's kind of, that's going to be the overarching uh, mystery. It's him and Flash working together because they're both crime boys. Yeah, they, they're both detectives. It was kind of weird, like because the fact that like the original Kid Flash was kind of narrating the whole book. Yeah, because he was uh, dead. Well, not just dead; he was written out of continuity from the last event from Flashpoint. Yeah, and they make a lot of references. Like, they make references to Flashpoint. They make references to Killing Joke. Because they're trying to undo Flashpoint and the New 52. Yeah. That's exactly what they're trying to do. Uh, they even kind of almost uh, spit in New 52's face in their own book. Yep, they sure do. Talking about the, the dark times or whatever. <laughs> yeah, how this is how this new reality is not right. Yeah. This new reality is sick. There's something not not good with it. They've been they've been they've been lost for ten years or something like that. Yeah, it's well they 
they lost about 10 years out of the their timeline. Yeah. Like everyone was de-aged and there was a 10 year chunk where things just disappeared and things were like not connected correctly. Mm-hmm. They even make a reference to Infinite Crisis. Yeah, because that was kind of the begin. Well, if you want to get really technical, um, Identity Crisis was really the beginning of the end yeah. for the DC universe. But I, uh, Infinite Crisis did a lot. Yeah, because they uh, and Final Crisis. Yeah, Wally makes a, a reference lot of crises. to crises. Crises. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like because Kid Flash makes a reference to uh, the sky turning red and Barry sacrificing himself. Oh, it's Crisis on Infinite Earths, though. Was it? Yes. Right. That was the first one. Okay. <laughs> Infinite Earths. Yeah. Earths. Welcome to Earths. There's infinites of them. Welcome Earth. to Earth 2. <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith Earth. Where Will Smith's everyone? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'd read that. <laughs> actually. That would actually be kind of great. I know. Uh, but it's not bad. I'm not scratched a lot of it, but I've been reading all the Batman ones. Okay. And it's still heavy in the whole Gotham and Gotham Girl kind of story arc. Sure. Where it's, you know, these two kids where they were saved by Batman when they were younger and they somehow got a hold of some drugs or something and became superheroes. Something like that. It's weird. It's weird. I'm not completely there, but like, you know, Hugo Strange and I don't remember Calendar Man being a weird molting immortal man. Uh, no, that's a new thing. Is that a new thing? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I just remembered him being just obsessed with dates and holidays. Yep. He planned all of his murders on certain holidays and dates. Yeah. Yeah. But now all of a sudden his body ages with the seasons and he is reborn anew. It's weird. That almost sounds like an extended um, um, Solomon Grundy situation. Yeah. It, where it, he dies on on Sunday and is born again on Monday. Yeah. Every time with a different personality. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I kind of like Batman's new sidekick. The kid who was in We Are Robins. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And he's uh, got that kind of sweet yellow bat suit. Mm-hmm. I kind of dig the design. I yeah. really like it. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of I like Gotham's does, costume design, too, because it's like a cross between like Superman and Batman with a little bit of like old-timey police uniform. Yeah. the the It took me a little while to get used to the logo because it's like the gothic font. Yeah. It's, yeah. It looks like Superman's shield, but it has like go, the gothic, gothic font G in, G in the middle of it. And that took a little... That kind of took me out of it a little bit, but... The more I look at it, the more I kind of like it. Yeah. Though his like extreme hero worship of Batman is kind of... Yeah. It's a bit much. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm I'm digging it. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, though I you know wait till I get into the other books I've got like because I got like uh, I've got like Hellblazer and okay um, other stuff. Um, I'm not gonna get into it here, but pick up Green Lanterns. Really? Yeah. Uh, there's they they're putting out two Green Lantern books. One is about um, Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz, the two most recent uh, mm-hmm. characters, the ones with the least amount of personality. One is um, agoraphobic. Uh, Jessica Cruz is uh, extreme anxiety issues and is agoraphobic. She lived in her, she didn't leave her apartment for like five years. Huh. And by the sheer force of her getting out of her apartment one day was enough, wa- was enough willpower and enough overcoming great fear for a ring to choose her. <laughs> and then Simon Baz uh, was a, he's been a lantern for a while. He's been a lantern for a while, but they haven't done anything with him. He's the one with the gun because his ring shorts out and he wants to, be protected just in case he was a uh, um arab american um who he was, was a gangbanger at, at one point and was detained in guantanamo bay for a while and has uh, there's a there's a lot of a bomb was found in, in a car that he stole yeah something like that and he they was, like and he they, was a car thief yeah and yeah yeah it, it was kind of awkward yeah and they're kind of glossing over that a little bit they're kind of actually giving him a personality outside oh, okay. of i was wrongfully accused okay but i've been kind of wanting to avoid that one yeah it's actually pretty good 
Okay. It's actually pretty good. And the other one, uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, they're finally putting the core back together. And Hal Jordan is... Oh, I'm glad they're getting the band back together. Yeah, is actually he is actually uh, made out of living willpower, and he's kind of crackling apart a little bit. Oh. Yeah, he's kind of falling apart. But I've been anyway. picking up... I've also got Justice League. Okay, I haven't read that. Yeah, but... I haven't picked that up okay. yet. But I haven't read them yet. Uh, they're all right. I mean, I'm getting into them. Mm-hmm. Writing's not bad. Uh, I like some of the subtle references to things. Mm-hmm. Um and what else? Other than that, I've been probably just watching, uh, just kind of catching up on cartoons. Like, I'm going through and watching, like, Gravity Falls again. And Nice. Nothing wrong with that. I'm completely caught up on the newest Steven Universe stuff and uh, Star. We started catching up on Steven, but we haven't made it all the way there yet. What about Star? Are you there on Star yet? No. Oh, no, not at all. We need uh, a bunch of Star. There's like, or there was a really cool couple episodes here real recently where one episode, Star and, and Marco are babysitting Buff Frog's tadpole babies. <laughs> And then the next episode, you see what Buffrog was doing that entire time. Nice. Yeah, it's not bad. It's actually I kind of like the I kind of like the crossover. They've been doing kind of weird stuff this season. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of story building going on in Star versus like just kind of weird random stuff that's been going on a lot. Like they met another human in er, on Earth. Huh. Yeah, there's an episode where Star meets the greatest warrior she ever like grew up reading about, and she like. She seems like a crazy, like, Don Quixote-ass character. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Like, living in a dumpster. Like I know nothing about this show, but that sounds pretty funny. I mean, you, you've, you've told me about it. You should really catch up on it. It's really, de- it's really good. I'm going through Steven Universe right now. I, I yes. pulled the first three seasons of it, and I've been, I'm about halfway. I watched the, about two-thirds of the first season uh, about a year ago, and I am just decided to start from the beginning again. Just kind of That's the best way to do it, up. honestly. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, like, subtle things you kind of forget that they like visiting on again. Yeah. But, yeah, that's... Really, pretty much all I've been really doing. Okay. Cartoons, comics, and video games. Oh, because I'm an adult. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course, nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know what? I think I'll, I'll go real quick. Um, checked out a couple things. First was, uh, last Friday was uh, Bad Movie Night down in Columbus. Yeah. It was their five-year five uh, reunion show. I wanted to go to that show. so bad, but uh, I've been so sick, there's no way I could They have. played Dr. Alien. Oh, it's such a good one, it's too. It's a really good one. It was so bad. <laughs> Yeah, um, they actually didn't do as much as I thought they were going to. Like, I thought they were going to like go nuts with like the the, the editing, the editing, and the Matlock references. <laughs> and and it was a new edit of the um, Doctor Alien. Some of the oh. old stuff was in there, but they added they added some Trump stuff. <laughs> and they yeah, and they but the movies the movies actually really really not that bad. I mean, it's dumb. It's it's dumb and it's cheaply made, but it's it's not the worst movie i've ever seen no i mean um, shopping mall is pretty garbage yeah i did discover that the um we're looking up the movie after the after the the show and um i discovered that it was directed by a guy named david dakoto he is a um like auteur of bad cinema like he, <laughs> he pumps out like 30 or 40 movies in a year and they're all really really bad but there's one that I'm going to say the, the title of it, and Cody, I know you're going to recognize it, and I think, Josh, you might, you, we all might recognize it. Uh, he directed under a pseudonym a uh, children's film starring uh, uh, Eric Roberts uh, called A Talking Cat. Oh, wait, oh no. no. Oh, wait, no, I'm sorry. I misspoke. It's called <laughs> A Talking Cat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's that guy. The same, same guy. guy that made that, made Dr. Alien. Made Dr. Alien oh, and a bunch of God. other really poorly made poorly conceived <laughs> horror movies and schlock films and family films all for like five dollars and 95 cents <laughs> like whatever change he has in his pocket that's how much he makes 
a movie for <laughs> a talking cat <laughs> <laughs> with Eric Roberts. His audio sounds like it's recorded in like an airplane bathroom <laughs> on a yak back. <laughs> uh, uh, so no, I did that and I sat and watched a documentary um, here the other day called electric boogaloo. It's the uh, um, history of uh, Canon films. Canon films was a, they were a um, production company and, um, you know, a, a, a relatively good-sized uh, film company back in the uh, late 70s and 80s, um, led by two Israeli guys, uh, Golem and Globus. And uh, they were both... Uh, Golem, Menachem Golem was a uh, director in Israel. It was, like, actually one of the big names over there back in the 70s. And then his cousin was the financial guy, um, um, whatever his name, Globus. And uh, they came over here, and they... Everything they did was to make movies. They just loved making movies. They did not understand the America sensibilities or market <laughs> or anything. Or, you know, how to make American cinema. Yeah. So, and I mean, they would hire American writers and directors and stuff like that. But they started off making these really cheesy, really raunchy schlock movies and went on. And their their whole, it's really interesting. Their whole business model was they would make a poster for a movie and they would go to Europe and get it bankrolled and then come back to America and then film the movie that the poster was made out of, was based on. And they would do this. They would be constantly doing this, like, nonstop. And eventually it caught up with them. They they, they were able to run almost entirely through the 80s. And eventually it caught up with them. It's kind of interesting. They, uh, they're also... Their biggest problem was they they wanted to do movies that were too big. They got too big for their britches. They, uh, they're the ones that produced um, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, the one with Nuclear Man. The one and where... The fight Super- on the Moon. Yeah. Uh, they did over the top with Sylvester Stallone about trucking and arm, arm wrestling. Arm wrestling. wrestling. <laughs> and they did the masters of the universe movie, which at the time was not based on the cartoon. It just was based on the toys. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. As, as, as he man, Franklin, Jones, this, Skeletor. this was back in the day when making a movie about toys was ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, um, but no, it, the, the documentary is really good that you they don't actually talk to Golem or Globus um, they were both alive during the during the filming unfortunately Glo- uh, Golem passed away um, about a year ago but uh, it's really interesting to kind of see their rise and fall described by people that worked with them both actors and behind the scenes people really really interesting stuff it was kind of funny one, one of the anecdotes was uh, at one point the two split. And they both wanted to make uh, movies based on the dance, the Lombada, because they thought they had they had such a big breakout. One of their big breakout movies was uh, Break In, the breakdance movie, and then Break In to Electric Boogaloo, which didn't do so well. So they both had these ideas for the same movie, basically. And they both kind of went back and forth like one of the guys got the rights to like the song, the Lombada. So the other guy couldn't use it. But then the other guy got the, the rights to use the name, the Lombada. So they couldn't, so that's what they could title their movie. So the other guy had to come up with something else. <laughs> and they were going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, and uh, eventually they both released their movies on the same day. And uh, the thing is, there was no culture behind the Lombada like it was for breakdancing. So no one went to see either movie. And it kind of ruined both of them a little <laughs> bit. So yeah, it's, it's, it's just really interesting. Um, you can find it in the, like the dollar bin at Walmart. It's a, they they like mass produce these and like you could you could find this this documentary I would really recommend it and the last one I have just super 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 quick um, 
last week I was in a, a bike race in Bucyrus, and it gave me a lot of time to get caught up on like podcasts because I was on the road for three hours, just killing myself out there. Thirty-two miles, right? Thirty-two miles. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, my knees still hurt a lot, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, it was it was fun. Like I said, it gave me a chance to get caught up on podcasts. And there's a new one that I checked out, which uh, is relevant to all of our interests, and you know, it might be for some for some of our listeners. It's called the Cool Kids Table. And um, it starts. I mean, it's not us. No, it's not us, unfortunately. <sighs> but you're gonna you're gonna hear the the premise of this show, and you're gonna think, why didn't we think of that? <laughs> I'm I'm serious. It is. Um, there's two guys, Jake and Josh. They do a bunch of a uh, bunch of different podcasts. Uh, they do a Power Rangers one where they go through and watch every episode. They do a. Uh, oh. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. They do a, a Pokemon one where they where they talk about different things here and there about that. They do one where they talk about weird old uh, sports and game shows like American Gladiators and <laughs> Iron Chef. <laughs> oh man! Called Gas Cast Games and Sports, and this is their newest one. And it is those two guys and their friend Alan and uh, uh, their their friends Alan and, and Shannon. Shannon's actually she works on uh, um, Archer. Oh, Shannon. Uh, Shannon Maynard. Yeah, and uh, the four of them um, sit down and they do one shots of tabletop games. They just started it. Um, they go through and they're they're like playing like single campaigns of like all these different like ways of I guess rule sets or whatever. Yeah. And the first one that they're doing, um, it's called it's a tabletop system called um, All Out of Bubblegum. Hmm. And instead of having like stats and like rolling die, well, you have one eight sided die or whatever. Yeah. Um, but you have eight pieces of gum, and it's like based on the they live kind of universe <laughs> where. You start with eight pieces. It's a ten-sided die, yeah. and you have to roll to do anything mundane, like open a door, get in your car, drive to whatever. And the goal of the of the campaign is to do something super mundane. But every time you miss a roll, if you have to roll, was it you have to roll under the number of gum you have to get the mundane thing, or over it to do something ridiculous, like do a kickflip <laughs> off of something instead of walking through a door you like kick down the door and, and do some sweet ninja moves or whatever and every time you miss one you have to eat a piece of bubble gum like a physical piece of gum and it changes the number that you have to hit for doing <laughs> mundane oh, things and ridiculous things and there's no like health meter or whatever but there's once you get down to no gum you run the risk of like getting trapped in a room because you can't like figure out how doorknobs work <laughs> <laughs> Like things are too ridiculous, and the 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 campaign that they came up with was uh, based on the movie Jingle All the Way. Oh, good you have, night! You have three people all trying to get a Turbo Man doll, <laughs> and things are starting to get ridiculous. It's it just seems really interesting, and they're going to be. And once that's done, they're going to move on to a different game and a different setting and a different thing. Okay, so it's 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 inter interesting to listen to. It's and it's really funny. So I would oh, recommend so it, that. I kind of want to play. I like the premise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's 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 weird enough mm -hmm. that it breaks like conventional conventional um conventional Conventions. convention yeah jeez <laughs> don't, don't you snicker over there it's like you, you got stuck between the word consensual and the word conventional you know, conventional I, 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 I did it too <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway I would say go check out that podcast Every, podcasts are free so you know just find yeah it online. yeah it's cool well, what was that uh, cool kids table the cool kids table okay. Yeah. And uh, the art for the show is really cute. It's Shannon Maynard did it. Oh, really yeah. Cool, so. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I guess I got some games I should talk about since they were given to us by, you know, the oh, companies yeah, that probably, made them. Yeah, probably a good idea to, <laughs> to disclose that for sure. Uh, the the new King of Fighters just came out. Yeah, King of they, they, they were yeah. nice enough to uh, give us a copy of that to review. I think it's pretty great. 
I mean, it, it feels like a King of Fighters game. Mm-hmm. Um, the character designs are cool as usual for King of Fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played it online, so I don't know if the netcode is bad. I've, I've heard, I've heard it's, it's, not, it's bad. I've heard it's not great. I don't want to play a fighting game online. I'm not very good to begin with with fighting games. Get wrecked. Yeah, that's what will happen if I play it online. I mean, yeah. I, I played through the single player once all the way through. I thought it was enjoyable. Cool. Um, the 3D models don't look spectacular, especially compared to some of the really great sprite work that they've done for King yeah, of Fighters over I, the I years. I feel really bad losing the SNK sprite work. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, uh, uh, Andy Bogard looks awful. He is, the, <laughs> he is easily the worst model in the game. And he's like the main dude. No, that's Terry. Is it Terry? Oh, right. Andy's like the Luigi. Oh, yeah. right, right, right. It's been a while <laughs> since I played a King of Fighters. Yeah. But if it's between questionable 3D graphics and not getting a King of Fighters game at all, I guess we'll take the junk, the junky 3D models. Yeah. I, From what I understand, 13 was not not good at all. And it's like they're slowly creeping towards an excellent game, like a five-star <laughs> game. But uh, yeah, I've, everything I've seen about it, I don't, I'm excited to, to um, play it. Unfortunately, it's not on PC yet, but once it is, I'll, I'll probably pick it up. And because uh, I like, I do like a lot of the designs. I I love Street Fighter, but I think I like the the street clothes aesthetic of King of Fighters a little more. Yeah, I've always really liked the cast of characters that King of Fighters games have. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that a lot of the characters in King of Fighters came, come from different different games. You know, yeah. you have uh, Fatal Fury. You have uh, was it Art of Fighting? Yeah, and there's some Samurai Showdown. People yeah, Samurai in there. Showdown. Yeah, I miss Samurai Showdown. Oh, it's a great, a great series. A great yeah, they should game. make a new one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, there's also that yeah, Hero Generations region. Yes, I actually uh, played this a little while back um, at Indie PopCon. I think I talked about it a little bit then. And uh, what what I played for it was enjoyable. Yeah, I, I thought it's pretty cool. It's like you're you're a person that every time you move on this grid map, a year your life goes by, mm-hmm. and you want to use this time that you have to build up as much fame and money as you can get before you get so old and you have to find a mate and then make the next generation a person. Right. And there's a, there's a whole bunch of variables to this, and you want to find a good mate so you get good stats next time around. And like. Right. It's a lot of... So it's like Pokemon breeding. <laughs> <laughs> the closest thing it reminds me of kind of is Dokapon Kingdom. Yeah, a little bit. Which is which is an obscure pull, but... Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I actually thought it was a little bit like Massive Chalice as well. The whole Generations... I never played Massive Chalice. Okay, it's it's a very similar kind of situation. There's, you don't have the grid map or anything, but um, it's all based on Generations. In that game, you're a king and you... Your lineage is the next is is your gameplay. What your you know, bloodline must go on. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it was a bug or if I was just being dumb and couldn't figure it out. But a lot of times the maps would generate and I wouldn't be able to like move into the next world because you know how they're they're segmented into different areas. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I couldn't make the transition between one area and another. Like it would once I'd move in there, it wouldn't let me move any direction but back out. Huh, that's weird. So I don't know what that was about. I mean, I couldn't find anything about it in the community info or anything. Huh. Of course, so it, I was playing it pre pre release. So. Yeah, and you know, I um, the the demo I played didn't have it; just had the one the one area the one area. So I really don't know about that. So I don't know. Maybe maybe there was an issue there. I think it could really use some multiplayer. I think it would be really fun if it was turn based multiplayer. Like just the way it's set up, it feels like a board game more than it does a video game. Which I mean, that's fine. Yeah, that that can be fun, and it is fun. I mean, I liked it. It's just 
it just feels like something is missing. Yeah. Well, I from what I understand, the game is um, it's being um, cross released on uh, Steam and also uh, iOS. Like it's an iPad game as well. And I could see it working a lot better as a, a mobile game than it would on Steam. Yeah. I mean, it has a very very much more pick up and play mentality. Like, and you do one run and you're done. Mm-hmm. Like, then you got to start over again from the beginning. Right. But it's it's fun. I'm. If it sounds interesting you, to you, pick it up. I mean, it, it, you won't be disappointed if it's your kind of thing. For sure, yeah. I think the price is a... I hate to be that guy that complains about Steam prices. Because mm-hmm. usually when you're that guy, you're just cheating somebody out of their hard work. But $15 seems a little steep for what it is. Okay, see, I I really don't have any... I don't know about all that, but maybe maybe because it's the price is up a little bit on Steam because it's also iOS. And yeah. Maybe the price is down a little bit on... I See, I don't know. I I don't know. It, it, it just seemed, that just seems a little steep for me for what it is. But, I mean, it'll be on sale. It's on Steam. It'll be on sale. Sure. And if they if they do ever put in, like, multiplayer, would that then make it worth the $15? Yeah, yeah okay. it definitely would be. Okay, cool. Cool. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Because, like I said, I met them at the at the con. They, uh, the, the, the two folks that, that run the company... Uh, they seem like really, really nice people. So. Cool. Which you know doesn't influence our reviews in <laughs> any way, shape, or form. But th- they again, yeah, they just seem like really nice people. So, well, hey, let's go ahead and take a break here, and when we come back, we'll uh, get into some news. Nerd Overload is sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. MB Subculture is the one-stop shop for all your geeky needs, from comics and collectibles to unique custom costumes, masks, makeup, and more. MB Subculture is located at 127 South Sandusky Avenue in downtown Bucyrus, 419-562-0404, and online at subcultureoh.com. was pitiful Couldn't have been any shyer Mary Jane still wouldn't notice him Even if his hair was on fire But then one day he went to that science lab That mutated spider came down Oh, and now Peter crawls over everyone's walls And he's swinging all over town La 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 lady da La la lady la da dum Sling us a web, you're the Spider-Man Sling us a web tonight Cause we're all in the mood for a hero now And there's evil doers to fight Rich kids, a friend of his, who horns in on Mary Jane. But to his great surprise, it seems she prefers guys who can kiss upside down in the rain. With great power comes great responsibility. That's the catchphrase of old Uncle Ben. 
again and again and again Oh, la, 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 did he die La, la, did he die da, da. Now Norman's a billionaire scientist Who never had time for his son But then something went screwy And before you knew he was trying to kill everyone And he's riding around on that glider thing And he's throwing that weird pumpkin bomb Yes, he's wearing that dumb Power Rangers mask But he's Sad day at the funeral Norman Osborne has bitten the dust And I heard Harry said he wants Spider-Man dead Ah, but his buddy Pete he can trust Oh, and MJ is all hot for Peter now Ah, but Peter he just shuts her down Mary Jane, don't you cry, you can give it a try Again comes around Oh, la, la, la Did he die La, la Did he die Da, da Sling us a web You're the Spider-Man Sling us a web Tonight Cause we all sure could use Us a hero now We think that you'll do all We're back. That was Ode to a Superhero by Weird Al Yankovic. The immortal Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, yeah. He has a cartoon coming out pretty soon. Yep. Uh, what is it called? <laughs> I had it on the tip of my tongue, and I lost it. Um, Who's faster, your brain or my Google? <laughs> Google foo. Milo Murphy's Law. It's Milo Murphy's Law. <laughs> ah, you got, I got it. You got it in before the wire. I was just about there. It's by the uh, Phineas and Ferb guys. It'll probably be pretty good. Yeah, it does. It looks it looks good. So anyway, we played that because we have a little bit of news uh, coming out of the new Spider-Man Homecoming movie, right? Uh, they've cast uh, Mary Jane Watson, and it's an actress named uh, Zendaya. Um, those who don't know, she was... She's the floating uh, robot from Overwatch. Yeah, that's it. That's that's exactly it. <laughs> Look into the iris. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Zinyata. I'm no, sorry. No, no. Um, no, she's she's a she's a Disney actress. <laughs> no, she's a Disney actress. She has her own show where she's like a, a 
spy or something. I don't really know. I, I don't get into live action Disney shows. I think it's called Casey Undercover, but I, I don't know you're, why. You're right. I think. <laughs> wow. I think Cody. I read it. I think I read it somewhere in a news article. Sure. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Nice save, bro. <laughs> yeah. Now I I didn't know the name, but I have seen a couple episodes of it just because of work. <laughs> uh-huh. It sounds like we keep digging ourselves deeper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I have all the merchandise, but no, but that's but not those, not for the reasons you think. I've those only, bed sheets are pretty on point. <laughs> I've only seen seasons one through seven, but <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, uh, she's also been on uh, Dancing with a Star, and that's where I really kind of because there there for a while I did watch a little bit of Dancing with a Star. I think it was the same season that. Um, Lando was on. Oh, Billy okay. D. Uh, I was watch. I used to watch it for the uh, the the joke uh, oh, people, yeah, the joke couple. Like yeah, like uh, Jerry Springer or uh, Cloris Leachman. Was Bill it Nye. B- Busey? Yeah, Gary Busey. Oh God, Busey. Yeah, <laughs> Busey was on it. Oh, that was that was a bad one. Anyway, she uh, she was cast as Mary Jane in Spider Man, and people are kind of losing their stuff a little bit because she's black. Mm-hmm. So so what? Yeah. So what? Who cares? You know, it. They should be allowed. This is a very touchy subject, I know, because you want to draw the fine line between being faithful to the comics, but also not being completely beholden to, like, being comp- like totally in lockstep with the era which those comics come from. Well, that and you j- you don't want things to get too stale and boring. Oh, yeah. You want to you change some things up. And I don't see a problem with them changing Mary Jane. No, with the modern take they've been taking on Spider-Man. Why didn't the internet flip out around a young, very attractive Aunt May? Yeah, and there was a there actually was a little bit of that. Not much though. Yeah, not to the sheer amount of stink this has been this has been steaming. Yeah, well that that doesn't make a good a good headline either. Nerds get steamed about Marissa Tomei. Marissa Tomei. <laughs> <laughs> Nerds unhappy with sixty year old. Actually, I don't even think she's sixty. I think she's like fifty or something like that. Who cares? Anyway. I think it's good casting. She's a decent enough actress. I hope they give her red hair. I would be more upset with them not giving Mary Jane red hair than I am with them casting an actor. A person of color. A person of color. Because the color of the skin isn't the character. Mary Jane is iconic for the red hair. And you know, is that a, let's you guys face agree a tiger. With that? Yeah, well, yeah. that too. <laughs> so, and it's also interesting, we're looking at getting a Mary Jane that is taller than a Spider-Man because she's this Zendaya, she's like six foot something. Yeah, she's and Tom Holland's kind of a short dude. He's he's he's, he's a little guy, so it gives me hope. <laughs> there you go. It's a Spider-Man I can identify with. Exactly. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, shake up, shake up everything. I yeah. mean, we didn't get a Miles, so let's get a person of color. You know, as another main character. Miles Morales would take too much explaining, I think, for a movie simply because his backstory was tied so closely with you have to have a spider-man you have yeah, to have a peter parker true. to have a miles morales this you can't is true. just jump straight in with miles morales unfortunately this is true so they had to have a plus peter parker's more marketable let's be honest alliteration yeah, yeah. <laughs> no i get it i mean i loved what little bit of spider-man we got in civil war it made me super excited for a new spider-man film yeah and everything they've been doing so far it looks good i mean we got the Vulture, a villain we haven't seen on the live-action screen Being yet. Being played by Batman. Michael Keaton is right. the Vulture. It's he Birdman was a Batman. playing Birdman. He also was a Birdman. <laughs> and now he is another Birdman. He is playing a literal Birdman. <laughs> Disney Marvel hasn't given us any reason not to trust them yet. Exactly. Like, yes, exactly. I mean... I say yet, because they'll mess up eventually. Eventually but... they'll do something. Eventually because... they'll stumble. 
Yes, yeah. it's bound to happen. You can't you can't just keep the, rolling gold. The like closest they, do. they came was Ant Man. I enjoyed Ant Man. A lot of people didn't, and I think a lot of people didn't because they wanted the um, Edgar Wright version. Yeah, it's, I I liked Ant Man a lot more than I thought I was going to. I thought it was going to be like the super black sheep of the series. I kind of did too. But in my opinion, Iron Man three is kind of the super you know black sheep of the series because Iron Man three is not that good. Yeah, you you want real talk? I'm more worried about. Doctor Strange than I am Spider-Man because Spider-Man is an easy sell. Oh, Everyone yeah. knows Spider-Man. Exactly. Doctor Strange is an area of... He's a bit Mar- of a deep cut. He's a, One, he's a deep cut, and two, he's an area of the Marvel Cinematic Universe that they have just barely touched on. They haven't really done anything with magic, really. Nope. It's all been science and techno-science. Yeah. And alien science. Alien science, which look which looks like magic, but yeah. it's science. So that's, mo- that's going to be more of a risk than, than Spider-Man, I think. Oh yeah, because Doctor Strange is going to get weird. Oh yeah, and it might. I'm worried it might get a little too weird. For maybe a mainstream little stream. Maybe audience. a little too Lovecraftian. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they, the director um, they have for it, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he's primarily known for horror movies, like supernatural horror movies. Yeah, and like body horror movies and stuff like uh, that. So there, we, we could horror. run the risk of it getting. I love body horror. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, I. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like The Fly, but. Man, it makes me... <laughs> Not a fan of those Cronenbergs? Nope. <laughs> but uh, but no, I this is good. I trust, no, I trust Marvel. It'll be fine. Although Internet, this, shut up. It's going to be a good movie. Although this is still partially Sony. Yeah. They still got their claws in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's more of a Sony's like, help us not suck. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like... Most it, of the crew working on it is from the, the MCU. Yeah. Well, the way I kind of had to describe, and this is kind of funny, um, it's like you're sitting at the, the, the table. There's like all the writers for, for Sony and the director and everything from Sony are sitting at like the table discussing the movie. And you just have one guy in the back from Marvel just kind of sitting there being quiet. And they say someone from Mar- Sony says something, go, you know, and the Marvel guy pipes in, you know, I think it would be better if, if we did this. You know, just one guy in the back going, you know, I, I don't think this is going to work out the way you think it is. Let me, let me, let me, let me try to do my own thing here. It just kind of feels kind of like that. That's cool. I think that's all right. He's the guy that does all the work on the group project. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Yeah. Oh, no, this is a team effort, you guys. This is a team. We're working together. But I just have these couple little things I want to, I want to make sure that are in there. Because... There's no I in Spider-Man. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. yeah. Okay. Um, There's no I in Spider-Man. <laughs> Spider-Man. Uh, okay, so moving on from um, movies that uh, we kind of put up a lot of faith into to uh, 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 other superhero movies that we don't have much faith in. Um, <laughs> it was recently announced that the director from Gambit, uh, the Gambit movie, what's what's his name? John Gambarino. <laughs> Doug Doug Lyman. Doug Lyman. Yeah, I like Doug uh, Joe Gambarino a lot a lot better though. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, Mr. Gambarino was directing uh, Gambit. He he walked off the project. The project has been having a lot of problems. They can't keep anyone. Yeah, but that's that's a Fox thing. That's not really a Marvel thing. Anyway, he's he has signed on to direct a Justice League Dark movie. Yes, Justice League Dark is pretty cool. It's all the magic heroes. It's like Swamp Thing and John Constantine and Z- Zatanna and like all the magic characters. Yep. Dead Man. All a lot of obscure characters that I personally care a lot about because i like the obscure characters oh yeah i like justice league dark they were always really good yeah i, I liked them a lot better when the book was called shadow pact and it had, this is true and it had blue blue devil and uh Ragman and all them in it because i think that was a better book but anyway would have made a better movie too um the thing i'm 
the, the thing I'm worried about is much like every other DC Comics movie that has come out recently, it's going to have Warner Brothers meddling like all throughout it. And just be extremely ruined. <laughs> more than likely. And it's a shame because these are good characters and this is probably the last chance like Swamp Thing will ever have to have a theatrical yeah. movie again. Yeah. And probably the first and last chance for a lot of these characters. I and, just thought of that onion or not that click hole article you sent me the other day. <laughs> it was you know a, was it the about. onion or, or click hole? It was the onion. It was that they had discovered that there was films other than the two Swamp Thing things films. No, just like Swamp Things are two of literally thousands of films that exist. Yeah. <laughs> And the article was just about the fact that that there's other movies other than the two Swamp Thing films. Wow. That's great. <laughs> I uh, forgot there were two Swamp Thing films. Oh, yeah, there's two of them. I know, they, but they kind of mesh into one movie in my head. Really? Yeah. There's... One had Adrian Barbeau and the other one had uh, Heather Locklear. Dude, it has been so long since I've seen either one of them. They're great. I mean, they're terrible. <laughs> There's literally millions of other films, and some of them don't even have swamp-based monsters in them at all. I don't now that now that I find hard to believe. <laughs> Balderdash, <laughs> puppycock. Yeah, but anyway, I'm excited for Justice League Dark, kinda. I mean, I'm sure as soon as they start like announcing things for it in an official fashion, like screen tests and trailers and stuff, my excitement will subside <laughs> completely. Like Suicide Squad. Oh, like that Suicide could be Squad. good. Like Wonder mm. Woman is starting to scare me a little bit. Oh, shh. Don't ruin it for me. No more tears. No the more tra- that trailer no looked tears. good, but you know what other trailer looked good? Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Do you know what else trailer looked good? To some extent, Batman. that last Batman versus Superman. I was about to say it. The, the, yeah, the last trailer. The last the trailer, The first yeah. trailer was garbage. Oh, yeah. But no, if you, re- if you re- recall when that last trailer hit, we all kind of sat in here and said, ah, maybe that maybe it'll be okay. Yeah, and guess what? It wasn't okay. Actually, ha- Batman do some Batman things. Mm-hmm. Or Batman. Batmaning. Yeah, it always keeps coming back because that joke was gold. I'm riding that one all the way to the joke bank. There you go. Make it a, now, make it a want, joke rain. I want to know, with the given the trend of these Warner Brothers movies to, to take the source material and make it darker, just how dark is this Justice League dark going to be? A pitch black. It's going to be Justice League pitch black. Black ink on a black t-shirt sold at Hot Topic. It's just, the whole movie is just going to be a black screen. Just a blank screen. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you hear sounds. Yeah. Do you think really the, dark sounds? Yeah. Do you think the... Yeah, everything will be in G major. <laughs> <laughs> just an hour of a blank screen and that just one tone over and over. It'd be better than Batman v Superman. <laughs> true. Got, yeah, yeah, you got a point there. That's very true. Hey, yo, Swamp Thing sounded really swampy at that point. <laughs> Murky. <laughs> Murk Thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Do you think they'll reach out and maybe try to get Matt Ryan to be Constantine? Not in a million, million years. That makes no. me sad. I know he's voicing him for the animated one. They but... have. They want no- the movie division of Warner and DC wants nothing to do with the television does. Uh, the show was center that of, show was getting yeah. so good. It was getting good, but it's never you're never going to see any more of that. <laughs> never again. You're done. Ex- except except in we can't have nice of tomorrow. Yeah, maybe. But uh, yeah, it's it's just again it comes back to why DC films needs the DC TV guys to work on their movies because they've been the TV has been getting it so right 
Oh yeah, because the TV guys have been, for the most, part, they've been left alone. Yeah, they're left thing. alone, and they kind of embrace the goofiness that is comic books. Yeah, and that's that's Warner Brothers' biggest problem is that they're ultimately they're embarrassed of their source material. They're they're so concerned with being taken seriously that they forget that oh, this is a goofy <laughs> dumb comic for babies. <laughs> they're so concerned with ta- being taken seriously that they come off looking like. Fourteen-year-old uh, angsty kids that Who, are Lords. also very worried about, about how serious they look. Exactly. Yeah. My thing is like they used to fully embrace the stupidness. Like they really did. Okay. Look at look at the Schumacher Batman films. Yeah. <laughs> those are almost those are almost live action sixty-six Batman. Like that, well, that's what he was, that's what Schumacher was going for. Yeah. Maybe it's his fault. No, I blame Nolan. Christopher Nolan. I, I blame I, the success of the Dark Knight trilogy and the failure of Green Lantern. Yes, because the Warner Brothers looked at that and went, "Green Lantern had color and a little bit of levity, and that didn't do well." Christopher Nolan's were practically black and white, and uh, every everyone was sad and dour and angry all the time, and that worked. So that is what they're applying to all of their pro- their their um, properties. And don't get me wrong, I love the Dark Knight. The yeah. Dark Knight is literally one of my favorite movies. Yeah, it's good. It doesn't work for everything in their in their catalog. It doesn't work for Superman. It shouldn't work. It's it can't work for Flash. It can't work for Aquaman. Although they're trying really hard to make <laughs> it work for Aquaman. I don't know. I don't know. We've we've talked about this a million times. I We're know. starting to talk into circles, so we got to move on. But I I'm cautiously optimistic for Justice League Dark, but it's probably gonna suck. I'm not, I don't <laughs> think I'm even like really consciously optimistic anymore. Like yeah. I was cautiously optimistic optimistic God, i cannot talk today um of suicide squad and yeah it let me down yeah i i'm still willing <clears throat> to give them the benefit of the doubt because i like the characters more to be honest i'm a dc guy i like oh, yeah. dc characters more than marvel characters i always have it almost feels like warner brothers is kind of taking the lessons bit by bit like it's a slow incline yeah unfortunately because- that ins- that slow incline is going to bite them in the butt on the way out because by the time they finally figure out, oh, this is what we need to do, this is what people want in their superhero movies, the trend's going to be over. Oh yeah, we're going to be in like you know, Avengers Phase Ten. If 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 they, even if we go that far, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if once Marvel, the Marvel's never going to st- Marvel Studios and and D- Disney's never going to stop making superhero movies, but I have a feeling once they get through the major. Avengers movies and get everybody in for one big movie, all the characters in one giant movie. Um, they're going to back off for a while oh, because yeah. because they're you you can see the trends. You can yeah. see how superhero movies are start are a little bit they've plateaued and they're yeah. getting peak. dangerously close to the the decline yeah. of interest. That and the the bad Warner Brothers ones hurts everybody. Yeah, maybe maybe that's secretly Warner Brothers' big gambit. They're going to spend all this money to make purposely bad movies to wreck. Disney and Marvel. <laughs> I wouldn't give them that much credit. Long con. Yeah, they're, they're playing the long con. Yeah, the longest yeah. con. <laughs> it's. I mean, I get it. I hear a lot of people like a lot of talk to a lot of people, and a lot of uh, are tired of the superhero trend. Yeah, kind of like how people were tired of you know vampire movies. People. Heck, I'm getting tired of the the superhero trend a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and I love superheroes. Yeah, I'm I'm ready to get back into like you know. The golden age of sci-fi days. Oh yeah. Oh Give yeah. Some, I'd love some good sci-fi. Like you know, days. when Star Trek Discovery comes out, I'm gonna be like, yeah, that would be great. That's gonna be great. Oh, yes. I hope it's gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> it better be great. It better be great. <laughs> hey, at least it'll be on Netflix. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we have a couple of quick hits here before we're done. Um, 
last weekend, uh, or I guess this was a couple weeks ago. Yeah. A couple weeks ago? Yeah. Two weekends ago. Two weekends ago was Power Morphicon, the yearly Power Ranger convention like out in uh, Pasadena, California. Um, I swear someday I'm going to get out there to see it. I'd love to. I would, that would be the best. That would, it's the, this is the fifth year that they've it's, done it. It's so like it's, mecca for you guys. It, it really is. But uh, this year they announced um, the cast for the next season, uh, the next iteration of Power Rangers, Power Rangers Ninja Steel. It's another yeah. ninja season. I figured the next one would be Trains. Uh, yeah, you would think that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's for, for those of you who don't know, that's they're skipping a season of the, the Japanese show between... The dinosaurs that are that they have this year with Dino Charge and Ninja Steel, there was a secret other season that was all about bullet trains and rainbows <laughs> and imagination. It was really funny, but there's no way it would translate to American audiences. Like zero way it would work. <laughs> but uh, but no, they announced the cast for Ninja Steel, and I don't have the cast list uh, up in front of me. But the reason I wanted to bring this up was um, the Blue Ranger for this season is a guy named Yoshi Sadarso. Uh, he Zadarsky. Zadarsky. Yes, <laughs> Yoshi Sadarsky. He's, he's got a weird sense of humor. No, and a uh, really long tongue. <laughs> nice, nice. I got that. No, he was um, he's a he was a stuntman, um, a fitness guy, and he loved Power Rangers. And his lifelong dream was to one day be a Power Ranger on a show. So that's kind of what his nailed life it. goal was. And for the last two years, he's been living the dream. And he has a younger brother named Peter, who is also a stuntman and and kind of followed in his older brother's footsteps. And like you do. Like you do. So uh, fast forward to this Power Morphicon, and they had, they were doing this gimmick where all the names of the, the uh, new Rangers were like in envelopes, and they had the previous cast like open up an envelope and read off the name. You can probably see where this is going. Uh, so, you know, you go through and you read all the names and whatever, and it gets to Yoshi, the current Blue Ranger. He opens up the envelope for the next Blue Ranger, and it's his brother. It's his brother, Peter. He had no idea. They le- They left <laughs> it a complete... Surprise for him, and there, there's video and pictures online of the two of them just freaking out, and it's just, it's really great to see that much joy and that much excitement. It's just kind of awe-inspiring. It's Didn't really the kind new of cast deep. come out in their costumes? They did, and then the Blue Ranger took off his helmet, and yeah, it was it John was. Cena. <laughs> nice, perfect, nailed it. Nailed it. But no, it's, it's just. <laughs> Yes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it just it it was just a really nice, nice, happy moment. No, it it sounds. I I really need to find that because it yeah, sounds great. It was really cool. I mean, you sent me a bunch of pictures from Power Morphicon, and I got so excited. For, oh like, yeah, all, all the, the new junk. all the new toys. Oh, all that legacy uh, power Red, sword. Yes, the Red Ranger power sword. That thing looks awesome. I know. I want it's gonna it on be my like three hundred dollars. I want it on my awesome. wall. Yeah, I think I want it on my wall more than that black Saba. Heck no, I want to like walk it around. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you're gonna walk it around. You can put it on a leash. You know, take it on sword. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. Sword walks. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put it in my little red wagon and pull along with me. <laughs> no. But uh, but no, along with they did another a whole bunch of other Power Ranger stuff. And it was a really cool like weekend. I guess they had almost the entire original cast from Zoo Ranger, uh, the Japanese. Oh yeah, all of them except for the yellow. No, blue. Blue mm. was the only one that wasn't there. But they made up with it by bringing also bringing in the Red Ranger from Die Ranger the next season that no one really knows about. But uh, it was cool to see all of them together, and uh, there's again they it's, had a bunch of toys and stuff. It's nice to see the Power Rangers people embracing their Sentai roots. It's yeah, it's cool. It's cool to see them embrace the Sentai, which is 
and it's cool that a lot of the actors there for a long time there was a stigma of the actors from the show where they didn't want to be associated with the show and yeah. it's kind of cool that it's kind of looped back around to the point where they're excited they're all, about it everyone's excited about it everyone's happy about being part of this weird thing and I guess what it took was it hitting its 20 year mark because the show's been on for 22 years mm-hmm. it's it's hard to think about it's scary to think about it really is a lot of Power Rangers people have gone on to like CW shows now. yeah oh yeah it's not much of a stretch <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, Rose McIver's like, she's like a legit actress Yeah, now. she's a really Super good actress. Super legit. Oh, yeah. She plays it practically a different character every every day on iZombie. Mm-hmm. And nails it every time. Yeah, and the, the Red Ranger from RPM was in Jessica Jones. He was the drug addict friend. Right. The, the curly-haired Afro yeah. guy. Yeah. He was the Red Ranger. Yeah, he was. That season. I really he, enjoyed he was, his character. He was really show. good in that. Yeah, and I mean, JDF is still around. You know, every, everybody... <laughs> what does he do? Well, he goes to conventions. He goes to conventions. You know, he's professionally JDF. Yeah, he's got to he's got to make money to frost those tips, man. <laughs> that man is perpetually living in the year two thousand and two. Really, he really is. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. When I was younger, Green Ranger was one of my favorites. Oh, he was the coolest. But he as, was the absolute coolest. I mean, yeah, you had Godzilla for his sword. Yeah, it was dope. But as I've gotten older, I'm like, like they say. Never meet your heroes. <laughs> I, he was all right when I when I met him. He was cool. I mean, yeah, he was nice enough to talk to you. And mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know. Like, some the of his sh- like, talk to the show. Some, yeah. some of his, you know, his online interactions and the way he talks about like past Ranger actors and things like that. It really there is some it, drama there that I think is stirred up just by him. In yeah, order to like try he's, to keep his relevance. It's like he's holding a grudge. And some of the others just don't care. He bought into the hype, from what I understand. Yeah. He bought into the hype because he, he came onto the show and was immediately the most popular one. Because he was the special ranger. And, you know, part of that is him buying into it. And part of that is Saban Brands feeding into that. But it's the way it goes sometimes. Anyway, let's let's get on this <laughs> very topic. special episode of Nerd Overload yeah. about, about the Green Ranger. Also, he has a super red like post Power Rangers Turbo like headshot when he was trying to be a legit like serious hardcore actor. <laughs> I showed it to these guys before the show. Go on his Facebook page and look at it. It's it's JDF with like the longest like he he looks like um, a desperado. <laughs> he looks like uh, um, Lorenzo Lamas Jr. <laughs> sitting on a motorcycle with his crappy goatee and like long <laughs> super long hair trying to be all all hard and like i know i'm not a power ranger i'm 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 a serious actor action star no <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong i'm not gonna discount his athletic prowess or his ability to be a martial artist because he is you know he's good at that hey <laughs> he broke the, the world record of breaking boards in half while also jumping out of a plane i don't know why that needs to be a record, but he did it, and that's or, awesome. I'm happy for him. Or anyone else, or did anyone else attempt the record? <laughs> yeah, no, there was a record prior, which means there was someone else had that had the had, was had, it had his the own? idea. Was it his own? It it might have been actually. <laughs> Let's do Rocco. Yeah, they did. Remember Rocco's Modern Life, the you know old that, that weird Nicktoon. Yeah, but yeah, a wallaby. Rocco. Yeah, not Ren and Stimpy, but the other one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the Rocco, the good one. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a, a TV movie of Rocco. I'm excited for that. That's awesome. The original creator, Joe Murray, is involved. Good. Which you would need you, that. You would have to have it. Behind the tunes, Rocco's Modern Life. <laughs> I couldn't see them hitting the right tone without him being involved. Yeah. 
but I loved Rocco's Modern yeah, Life. Yeah, that's my favorite of all the Nicktoons. It's it's up there for me. I, I watched the crap out of it, and I reference it a lot in my daily life. I I love going back and watching and seeing catching all the adult humor that they threw in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a gold mine. The the choky chicken. <laughs> there was that one episode where Rocco was he was working at a sex call line. Yeah, yeah, that was his job for a while. Um. <laughs> His, his neighbor's nudist party in the backyard. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Rocco. <laughs> Mrs. Bighead. Yeah, you sound yeah. kind of like the emperor when you do it, though. Yes. <laughs> do it. Do it. <laughs> Rocco, do it. Execute Order 66, Rocco. Rocco. <laughs> um, <laughs> that episode about the animation where it was very clearly about the animators frustrations with working in animation that's my favorite episode the wacky deli one. yeah oh was right great. right right yeah because it was the big head's son yeah 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 he made a show called the fat heads mm-hmm. and because he hated his parents <laughs> and he hated his success yep uh oh, shoot i am the cheese i'm the most this. important character on the show yes <laughs> oh yeah yeah filbert was great i love the story behind them introducing uh dr um what's her name have you ever heard of this oh, i geez. forget yeah yeah they wanted a female character with a hook yeah they yeah and they drew a female character with a literal, with a hook, literal for a hook hand <laughs> yeah i love that I yeah love she's that a dentist mm-hmm. <laughs> yep dr Kay. hutchinson, hutchinson yes. that's it yeah uh, geez. Or when uh, when Rocco meets uh, Heifer's family. No, oh, the yeah, the wolves. Yeah. yeah, he was adopted by a pack of wolves. <laughs> they, they were plump, they were going to plump him up to eat him and then decided to, to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when, the, the episode where uh, he um, Heifer moves out and moves into the spinning bucket. <laughs> on top of the choky <laughs> chicken? On top of the choky chicken sign? Yeah, that was great. Or the one where uh, where Rocco goes to the movie theater and the uniform shirts for all the movie theater people are the same shirt same he wears. Shirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. everyone thinks he works there. Mm-hmm. It was like a commentary on like how awful uh, theaters can be. Mm-hmm. With, like pricing and concessions. And That's a like lot that. of the a lot of the formulas for Rocco episodes is just satire on how awful whatever this thing in your modern life is. Yeah. I it was great and yeah, it's that, a very smart to be 52 it's a, and that's yeah, great too yeah it's a very smart show actually it was very smart we it should was have played the a time. b52 song we probably should have well next week next week will do b52s <laughs> but uh but i'm glad they're doing the uh a, a movie i'm glad that uh yeah, joe hill like, is or whatever his name is is it joe, joe murray joe murray joe murray yeah joe hill is uh is stephen king's, king's son. son right right yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like Nickelodeon's been really like hard up, like going back in time with their whole nostalgia kick yeah. well, on their Nicktoons. Well, we're the age. This is true. Yeah, I mean, we are the age where we enjoyed it as kids, and now, in theory, we would children. also have kids that would be <laughs> that we would be getting into the things that we were into. <laughs> I'm sure the mouse in my kitchen would like to watch it. <laughs> well, you should name him Rocco. Yeah. No, I'm not going that far. Oh, come on. I'm trying to end that little he's, that little jerk. He's practically a pet by now. Nope. <laughs> he's the devil. I heard that uh, the next SpongeBob movie is going to get a Ren and Stimpy short in front of it, too. Oh, it is. By oh. John Kay. Oh, great. That's cool. That is very cool. Was that, was that O with the thought of another SpongeBob movie? Uh, kind of an A and kind of a B. <laughs> <laughs> As I've gotten older, I've more I've realized I do not care for Ren and Stimpy. Oh, I still love Ren and Stimpy. I didn't care much for Ren and Stimpy when it was on originally. Actually, I don't know. I don't know why. It just never clicked I with me. I think it's the art style. I 
hate it. No, oh, the, the animation is brilliant. I thought the I thought the animation was great. It was the repetitiveness of Ren and Stimpy that kind of got me a little mm, too much. Yeah, it is pretty much the same every episode. Yeah. Then again, I guess I watched the Happy Happy Joy Joy more than oh, anything yeah, else. And it I, seemed like that was always the one that was on. My favorite. Try it. That's my favorite episode. I mean, I did like Powder Toast Man. <laughs> Yeah, that was all right. I mean, I don't really care for John Kay all that much. He's kind of a creepy garbage man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's a great artist. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's I a great lo- animator. I, I do love his art, his art style. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, anyway, let's go ahead and wrap up here. You've been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can find us at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash nerdoverload website. Can email us with any questions or concerns at staff at nerdoverload.com. You can tweet at us at nerd underscore overload and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Nerd Overload TV, is that's, what that is called. That's right. And we're also <laughs> on iTunes and Stitcher. So, uh, again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. Peace out. This show was sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. <laughs>